Welcome to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care Alliance podcast, exploring challenges and best practices in palliative care approaches for individuals in long-term care. Dr. Henry Sue is an Associate Professor in the Department of Family Medicine at McMaster University. He has a clinical interest in working with older adults in primary care, and his scholarship is focused on long-term care. He has also been an active attending physician in a Hamilton long-term care home since 2010. Welcome to the podcast, Henry. Great. Thanks, Nancy. I'm really excited to be here. That's wonderful. I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about your background first. I know you've been a researcher for a very long time and, of course, a doctor. Yeah, so I came through residency training in 2008 and graduated in 2010. I had a lot of great mentors uh, through through the program here, and one in particular really was interested in uh, long-term care medicine as well as in caring for the elderly. And I think that was really my first exposure to this um, this group of vulnerable people in, in our society. And I think as I graduated, I reflected on what would give me joy and what would give me satisfaction in my practice. It really was taking the time to work with people that needed more time and that needed more uh, hands-on care, that needed someone that would be willing to sit and speak and and hear their story. And for me, that really was one of my driving reasons for why I wanted to go into long-term care at the beginning. I think part of that mentorship also led me down the academic route in terms of developing that that joy and that passion for myself in terms of scholarly research as well as in, in clinical education. I came on to the department officially in 2013, and since then I've taken on roles from uh, developing a PGY3 program in care of the elderly here for the uh, Department of Family Medicine. I'd like to go back and talk a little bit about your research in detail. I know that you've done a lot of work in end-of-life care and palliative care, and, and I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about what you learned. Yeah, a lot of the, the research that, that I've done in long-term care stemmed a lot from clinical scenarios or clinical situations that that I've been through where, you know, you, you reflect afterwards and you wonder, like, why did it happen that way? Or, oh, that happened really well. Like, why did that happen? And how did that happen? And so uh, my first foray into research specifically around end of life and goals of care discussion was just around me struggling with how do I have conversations about goals of care? How do I talk to families about their loved one and the trajectory that this person is on, unfortunately, because of their chronic illnesses or because of their of their dementia? And so the the work that that I was able to do um, early on, which I think propelled me into more having this palliative approach to care to my long-term care residents was understanding what the barriers were to clinicians having goals of care type conversations. Mm -hmm. And as a byproduct, being able to speak with families and uh, and capable residents around what did they feel were satisfying parts of their care, not necessarily specifically for end of life, but just care in general um, at long-term care. Doing the research not only confirmed that I'm not alone in my areas that I could improve on in terms of goals of care conversation, but it also highlighted some system problems or system issues that have spurred kind of future work and future kind of thoughts around, you know, how do we do this better? The pandemic certainly highlighted a number of those issues as well, issues that people weren't maybe aware of. You know, the pandemic has really shown a light back onto the problems that were always there. And so before the pandemic, we got by, the long-term care system got by. And, and because of that, it never was really flagged in anyone's brain. But I think that the actual system barriers or the system issues that led to this significant 
kind of uh, negative health outcome in long-term care was really, really brought to the front. Things like staffing and things like being able to actually provide care and having people on site to do that and what happens in the event of a public health emergency when the messages are coming fast and furious from multiple sources and there isn't that sense from on the, on the front line anyway of, of a coordinated message from anyone and how do you, how do you manage there was certainly an increase in deaths. We know, of course, that uh, long-term care homes are usually the last home for people, but right. um, certainly during the pandemic, the number of deaths would have shone a light on palliative care and the importance of palliative care. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, what it really revealed is that residents and families and clinicians have are not prepared to have those type of conversations. And in the moment, in the rush, what unfortunately takes over is the emotion of the moment. And, and it's not, that's not wrong, right? It's not wrong to, to be sad about your, your loved one um, going through a significant decline in their health or to be really anxious about it. But I think a lot of, a lot of times an upstream solution or an upstream conversation that might have happened three months ago one one week ago, any any sort of time frame may have mitigated some of those angst that that came around the death and dying that happened with COVID. I don't think necessarily that that um, and goals of care conversations or, or a palliative approach care would have prevented the death. Like that that isn't preventable. But I think what would have been preventable would have been just just the 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 psychological harm that might have come to families uh, and staff uh, because we weren't having these conversations. Yeah. Uh, ahead of time. Yeah, and I've heard from staff that have talked about, you know, the, the trauma for them as well, particularly yeah. with so many deaths in one day, for example. Yeah, and, and especially for, um, and I mean, our nursing staff for sure, but I think our frontline support, um, like PSW support staff, where they really do spend every day of their working life working with these these long-term care residents and to them they, they, they can be seen as family. And so when you have five or six people pass away all at once, that that is that's huge. That 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 grieving needs to happen. But as you mentioned, there wasn't that time to grieve because the next set of people were, were getting sick. And then how do you divide your time between someone that's getting better and someone that is needing help because they're not not doing well? And and I think that actually can cause a lot of moral trauma as well. How do you decide? So let's talk a bit about palliative approach to care and long-term care. And I wonder if you can talk about the importance of it and how you incorporate it into your care. Yeah, you know, I, I actually see every resident that comes in to long-term care through that palliative approach lens. So while they might not be at the end of life, or for some of them, they actually might be coming in for other reasons other than physical health. It could be from a social perspective. The way that I approach my care is really thinking about what, what, what are we trying to attain in long-term care? Is it a quality of life, maximizing quality, maximizing function as, as much as I can? Or is it to pursue a curative approach or a investigative approach? And I think making that really clear and having that clear with the family members as well as the resident if they're capable is really important that and it helps drive a palliative approach to care going forward. And, and it also helps when I have discussions around times when conditions are changing, to re reference that initial conversation and say, you know, when we first came in, we talked about what this could look like. What do we know of your loved one? What do you know of your loved one in the past couple of months that you've, you've had a chance to talk to them? And how can we come to a decision together that respects that wish, 
but also provides and maximizes ultimately what that goal was at that first appointment. Each person needs to have that ability to determine that. And I can't uh, count the number of times where I've been able to have a family calm down from the need to do all these things to their loved ones because I was able to reference that initial conversation and because I was able to, to talk about what does this trajectory look like and, and what does this illness actually mean? So not just at the time when the condition changes, but you know, in the updates that I would maybe give to the family or in the time I needed to connect with the family about you know, a medication change and, and giving those updates. I think, I think all of that work and all that communication that goes in beforehand really helps with maintaining a, a, a good palliative approach to care in, in long-term care. That sort of goes back to what you mentioned about emotion and high emotion by being able to go back and say, do you remember this was, you know, the goal and how things may have changed does kind of maybe take the temperature down a little bit. Yeah, it also establishes a relationship, a a therapeutic relationship. So I always tell my residents when I work with them that, you know, long term care medicine, 90 percent of it is actually learning how to deal and manage with families. I mean, the medicine is there. But a lot of it is dealing with that that emotion, the questions that they have, just uh, some of the disjointed messages they may have received in the transitions up until long-term care. And really our goal as long-term care physicians is to help them navigate that and to help them understand kind of what their role now is as a, you know, either a substitute decision maker or even just as a family member. So if you haven't had a chance to meet this person before, it's going to be really hard to have them understand well, that what you're proposing or what you're doing is not just a withdrawal of care. We can talk about withdrawal of care because that's more appropriate. But in the 18 months that your loved one might be with me or the two years that your loved one's with me, we're not, we're not starting at that point, but we, we are starting to think, is that test necessary? Is that consult necessary? And if it is necessary, why are we doing this? And, and helping them kind of work through that. Yeah, yeah, it can be very complicated for families. Talk a little bit about your role as a physician. You mentioned, you know, the frontline workers, and it seems to me that everyone has a role to play in a palliative approach to long-term care. Specifically, from a palliative approach to care, I think the long-term care physician really needs to be the initiator as well as the supporter. I think it's important that as a physician, you support the work that's being done from a palliative perspective on a day-to-day basis, because to be honest, most long-term care physicians are not in their home five days a week or seven days a week for that matter. And so a comment that is made either without intention or just without without thinking can undo days or weeks of work that your staff or the, the, the clinical frontline staff is doing to promote that palliative approach to care. So I think that's where the physician really does need to play the supporter role. I think the initiator role is there are some things that a physician um, is able to observe or see that is outside the scope of the other clinicians and workers in long-term care home. There are things that that you have from your clinical experience where you just get the sense, okay, this is either a change or this is the harbinger for something that's going to happen. When you notice that it's the role of the long-term care physician to initiate that conversation about either goals of care or thinking about palliative care or having a discussion about trajectory of disease. I think whatever that conversation is, that that really should be the role of the, the long-term care physician. And then also in the moment when things are changing, when when kind of a decision needs to be made, that's where the physician needs to be present. Like if the family is getting more and more worked up and they don't know what to do, like to take the time to help them work through that emotion that, that they're feeling, but also for the staff to provide that, that leadership around, okay, this is what we're going to do. As a physician, what are some of the biggest challenges you face in the long-term care sector? 
a lot of it is documentation related. Now, some of that is is necessary. You can't get you can't get away from mm. from uh, charting and documenting, but I, I do think it does take away sometimes from the clinical care you do for your for your long term care residents. I think the other thing for me is is it is an issue of time. It is an issue of how much time I'm able to spend with with my my residents and and in the context of the work that I do because I incorporate long term care into my my uh, family medicine practice right. to be able to spend the time. Um, with with the residents when they when they need it. I mean, I, I've learned to prioritize those who need a little bit more time. At the end of the day, it'll, it'll balance out at the end. But time is a is a huge um, issue. I think the other thing that I find it hard, and maybe this is not so much like a physician thing, but I do find the stigma that long term care has to be really challenging. Hmm. Like there's there's a lot of um, stigma around how it's poor care or worse care or not as good care at, as the hospital. When long-term care is done right, it actually is a really good care setting. You're training the next generation of palliative care physicians. Can you tell me a little bit about that training and what are the sort of the key points that you focus on? My uh, role from the program director for the care of the elderly is looking at developing leaders, uh, the next generation of leaders in care for older adults. And a big part of that is the, is the palliative care approach, uh, as well as kind of end-of-life palliative care at the same time. All of those trainees that go through this program will spend six months with me in long-term care to get them to understand that, palli- that, that palliative approach, get them to understand the, the need to develop relationships and get them to understand the need to communicate with, with families and become comfortable with that and to identify kind of where is it that I feel uncomfortable talking about a particular intervention. You need, as a doctor, to be able to talk to a family about, is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? And is this really in line from a palliative end-of-life goals of care perspective for this particular person at this time? So I think a lot of my training is getting people to become comfortable with those more difficult conversations and and even just reflecting uh, for themselves, like, where is it that they feel that they just need a little bit more expertise and a little bit more training? Because we all do. I'm sure I can look back at conversations I've had last week and like, well, probably better than five years ago. But I think that there there are areas that, that I can still definitely improve on. It's interesting how much of this conversation has been about communication as opposed to physical medicine. Yeah, I mean, the physical medicine is definitely a big part of it. But I think, especially in long-term care, the median kind of stay in long-term care is in the range of 18 to 20 months. I still have 18 months of time to spend with these these people and their families. And I think that's where the communication bit really is important. There's still medicine along the way. There's still chronic disease management. There's all, there's all that stuff that you need to look after. But it's kind of the, the relationships and and just learning what works for you as a clinician and how you can leverage that to really make that stay for the long-term care resident and their family as peaceful or as comfortable or as high quality for them as possible. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. No problem. It was great. You've been listening to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care podcast. For more information about our project, visit spa-ltc.ca.